Hello and welcome to another edition of The Legal Geeks. I'm here as always with my partner in geekdom, Josh Gilliland. And today, Josh is going to help me expand my uh, appreciation of the Star Wars universe. As an old fart, I'm kind of old school, Han Solo, Princess Leia, Chewbacca kind of girl, and Darth Vader, my true love. Um, but he's going to help me expand my universe beyond those old school references to the most cutting edge Star Wars uh what world of the moment hey josh how are you i am great and i like the way you worked in a pun for the expanded universe well played <laughs> well played uh, as opposed to the multiverse of marvel right exactly so, <laughs> job well done but disney owns both so there we I are know. It is actually so weird. I just saw a Disney commercial, and they were doing all this Star Wars stuff in it, and I'm like, wow. I mean, Disney is just – I don't know who's going to take over the world first, Google, Disney, or Facebook. Disney's built the last, and they will they will continue to rock. <laughs> so the new Star Wars series is called Rebels, and it takes place after Revenge of the Sith, but before A New Hope. It's okay. about 10 years after Revenge. And so it's the Spark of the Rebellion. So that's the, the name of the pilot, Spark of the Rebellion. And watching it, you could see why there would be a rebellion. Because the Empire's laws are really, really not okay. <laughs> a little bit oppressive? Just a touch. Yes, they have awesome uniforms. And I, it's, it's tough not to like those. However, they are brutally evil. When we're introduced to the show, they're on a planet, and some Imperial officers with stormtroopers are harassing a street vendor wanting to sell fruit. And they are asking him for his permits because all trade is regulated through the Empire. Wow. As they take some of his fruit, they're eating it. They're mocking him. They then end up charging him with treason for not. Oh so, my! So you know, send him to the Gulag concentration camp. Pick your form of evil. And it's like, wow, this would not be an okay place to live. Wow, no, that is very hardcore. Yeah, you watch us like you know that should be like a fifty dollar fine. I was you know? say, yeah, a citation. You know, I thought a bad government might throw him in jail overnight. No, they just go right. So that's treason. So if that's treason, I guess at least to the question: What isn't treason? Right? I mean, hiding in your apartment. Uh, not. It, it sounds like North Korea, where you have to go watch the four-hour celebration of Kim Jong-un talking, or, or you know, in the days of Fidel Castro, where he would do the three-hour television appearance where they were all forced to watch him. That's sort of not fun, crazy, or else you get shot. And Yes, I was actually going to say, you know what it made me think of? And it's funny because this is considered part of like kind of the sci-fi fantasy realm, but I've always considered King Arthur stuff separately. But T.H. White, The Once and Future King, which is one of the best books of all time. Um, I couldn't put it up against the Dune series because it's totally different, but it is fabulous. But in there, when um, Arthur is part of the ant world, you know, Merlin's changing him into the different animals so he can learn things. I always thought that was one of the great lines or the great kind of slogans. The slogan in the ant world, what is it, is – Everything that is not compulsory is forbidden. And I was like, wow, <laughs> talk about a binary kind of way to live. You either have to do it or you 
absolutely can't do it. There is no maybe kind of thing. So that slogan has always stuck with me. It's just kind of the worst way to live. And it sounds like that's the empire. Yeah, and funny, my one memory of the once and future king is honor once lost can never be regained. So Ooh, that's what I, I remember that one with Lancer Lot. So yes, because beautiful book, outstanding. Okay, that's an aside. Right, sorry, back, back to Star Wars. Wars. Back to Star Wars, <laughs> which Star Wars does have these grandiose type because it's there are stories of mentorship of somebody younger. Uh, so it's a coming of age story. There's redemption stories that, that that they build into them, and you're seeing that here. And so it focuses on five characters, four pirates, you could say, smugglers. Uh, so there's definitely a little feel of Firefly, which you know echoes a feeling of the Millennium Falcon to begin with. So, <laughs> so it's all derivative of each other. Kind of. <laughs> it's like in the Millennium hmm. Falcon. Yeah, it's like I because it, it's similar type ship, similar right, type, okay, but different. I mean, the cockpit's not off to the side; it's in the center. Is there uh, a Mel or kind of Han Solo sort of character? Yeah, and he's the Jedi name, uh, uh, Canon K A N A N, by uh, voiced by Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, and his ties in Buffy, one of the best sci-fi shows ever. Nice, I love it. So you have. A youngling who survived Vader's killing spree in Order 66 who grows up. So technically, even though he probably had more Jedi training than Luke Skywalker did, it's arguable whether or not he's actually a full-fledged Jedi as opposed to just somebody trained trained in the way of the Jedi. Hmm. Why is that? A, because he never actually became one. He just survived. Ah, uh, I see. And that's also important when you get to the original trilogy, because Luke is supposed to be the last Jedi. Right. Okay, would that mean that these guys have a 10-year lifespan left on them? (laughs) Which would be kind of hurtful. So my feeling is, if they're not technically Jedi, they could still be alive. Yeah. Hmm. So that would be my... My two cents, that if they were just trained in the forest and survived, which is how you see the Inquisitor who's who's coming in, which is one of the, basically a Sith acolyte type person, a, a henchman of the Sith who's not a Sith Lord. But okay. so, so you have all these non-Jedi, non-Sith, but still using the force and still having lightsaber fights. So, uh, but the main character is hidden the fact that he's a Jedi or trained in the ways of the force until the end when he has to out himself in order to save everyone. And then it's good old fashioned, get out the lightsaber and start kicking ass. And it's like, (laughs) yes, it's like stepping back into a new hope. It's like watching it in 1977 with the way that they created the universe. Yeah. The feel to it. I watched one of the documentaries where they interviewed the guys who originally made the lightsabers and created the effects. And so that way, because they wanted to have that sense of wonder when Ezra, the, the main youth character, the coming of age, you know, uh, hero mm-hmm. finds the lightsaber and turns it on to have that look of wonder, the same look of wonder that Luke had in Obi-Wan Kenobi's uh, cabin. Right. So, which is neat. I mean, the other part that I like about this is there are two female leads. I was going to say, I saw them in some uh, commercials I've seen for Rebels. And I'd say, like, the clips I saw with them, they looked fantastic. And actually, I need, I have thought I need to watch this in part to 
watch more Star Wars stuff, but also because they looked very intriguing. They are. They, once the pilot, and one operates outside the ship blowing stuff up because she's a Mandalorian or looks like she's wearing a Mandalorian armor, and that's cool. It, they don't have a ton of time talking together because while well, one's flying, one's doing something else. Okay. But they have interacted. And so okay. It, and they haven't talked about a man, so it does. All right. So it passes the Bechtel test. <laughs> uh, and, and already, when you look at the first three movies, the fact that Leia never talked to another woman, this is this is a good thing. And so you fact one of the the pilot's named Hera, and she she can be abrupt, strong-willed, abrasive, but she's also nurturing and explaining backstory to the younger characters. So it's like, well, that's cool. Yeah, uh, that's cool. And you, uh, you know, the the other character, uh, Sabine, who is slightly older than Ezra, or perhaps the same age, uh, interesting there as well because she's her work with explosives is tied into art. So it's kind of, and Ooh. she's she's the one who will come up with the rebel logo. And so it's kind of neat the way that they're putting all this together. So, so that's that was just, very cool. So those are the initial like character observations about it. But getting into the law in the pilot, we find out that Wookiees are being sent to the to the mines on. Oh golly, why am I blanking on this Kessel? You know, for the Kessel Run. Okay. Yes. And it's a hot ugly place that's a death sentence for a Wookiee. So Wookiees are, being, Wookiees are being used as political prisoners being sent to some place that will kill them. So it turns into a rescue mission to go save Wookiees, which automatically, cool. Da, da, da. Let's go save some Wookiees. Who doesn't want to go do that? And so you look at it, it's like, okay, the due process in the Empire doesn't seem to be any trials. Seems to be everyone's sentenced to death or forced labor via an administrative process for something as simple as you didn't fill out the paperwork. (laughs) That sounds like living hell. That sounds like you can. No protection, no rights to an attorney, no right to confront your accuser, present evidence, none of that stuff. It's very expedient and which would ensure compliance on the on the flip side, if you have a regime that is so repressive that you're just slaughtering people, you might get people to comply out of fear, but you're going to anger enough people into, I'm going to take action and kill you now. Mm-hmm. So, which, which is why a fanatical regime such as the Empire would not be able to sustain itself because they went too far. Yeah. Not that I'm saying there are good empires, but being able to go, you were so that are worse than others. When you outright sow the seeds of your own destruction by having no rights for your citizens and going like we've made things secure by using weapons of mass destruction on anyone rioting by just slaughtering people by the planets. It's, that's not good. That's you're no, gonna, rid of habeas corpus. No, that is bad. That's bad. That's really not an okay place to live. So no. it makes sense that a rebellion would spark from that. So it sounds like, yeah, no lawyers, probably no law schools. So at least no law school debt in that world. You do have that, but um, yeah, otherwise kind of our, 
system where people complain about us Americans being too litigious, but we also have, you know, you can go to the courts if you feel you've been wronged. And um, that's actually kind of a very powerful tool that they would probably appreciate in the empire, but they don't have it at all. You also don't see police. You just see the military. And they're using... Oh, that's the, always creepy. They're using the military for police. So in the pilot, when weapons are stolen and there's a high-speed chase, they call in an airstrike. And oh, my oh, goodness. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Call in an airstrike with TIE fighters to shoot the guys on the speeders. <laughs> so that's like... <laughs> Absolutely not okay. And we'll wait for the phone yeah. to stop ringing. I say, speaking of calling in an airstrike, somebody's calling in an airstrike right now. <laughs> and I'm dog sitting, so it's one of those. And it's campaign season, so there are lots and lots of, hey, yes. are, you, are you voting? Who are you voting for? So that's I'll tell the, you who the rebels. I'm not voting for the evil empire. I'm voting for the rebels. And that could change depending upon the state that you live in. So. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Depends who's in power in that state with what's going on, whether or not you're rebelling. So, yeah. So oh, that's too funny. Anyway, yeah, but it's, it's very nice. Back to Star Wars. It's a fascinating show, and it made me feel like a kid again watching it. I'm like, well, this is neat because they've, you know, Monday nights at 9 p.m., how many kids are watching cartoons? Yeah. And it they are they're probably watching with their parents who grew up watching it as well yeah i think it's brilliant because they have something that kids will like and their parents will as well which is just fascinating marketing that you you're not developing a stupid cartoon that only kids will like and parents will want to claw out their eyes while watching yes something that they can watch and get excited about episode seven Wow. So, well, I'm excited now. I've got to say, I've got to go set up my DVR and catch up on the ones I've missed because this does sound fantastic. It is neat. It is neat. It carries on the fun stuff from the Clone Wars. It'll be interesting to see what else they work in. So strongly encourage you to check it out because there's no shortage of legal issues going, well, there's lots of gun running. There's zero due process in this place, or we could call it, <laughs> process but it's really not a good process no it's not a process it's a process that works for the government and no one else exactly and that's kind of you know not good so with <laughs> that keep uh i check it out and all right i will thanks josh oh i forgot the first episode you know the, the original series or the new series has the right from star tours so they're they're flying a shuttle that's same design and everything from the Star Tours ride. And oh. the pilot is the droid from the ride. Oh, my and God. It's, it's like a geek love letter. You just want to applaud. You know, it's the, <laughs> some like Harry met Sally moment of like, God, I love you. It's, it's really <laughs> awesome to go like, well played. Absolutely well played. That is cool. Another reason to check it out. Well, thanks, Josh. My pleasure. And everyone... Stay geeky. Stay geeky, America. <laughs>